Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report, dated March 12, 2021. I'm Phil Adler, and I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Fearon Hernandez. How about Japan? That's our focus today as we look for investment opportunities in the coming months. Patrick, let's begin by taking a broad look at foreign stocks. Why is now a good time for U.S. investors to consider this space? Well, first, thanks for having me on the show, Phil. We think one key reason to consider foreign stocks right now is that the U.S. dollar could be entering into an extended depreciation phase. Of course, the recent uptick in U.S. bond yields has spurred a bit of a recovery in the greenback in recent weeks. But other factors like post-pandemic economic recoveries abroad and the establishment of common EU debt have given foreign currencies the opportunity for a prolonged rebound. Historically, foreign equities have outperformed U.S. equities in periods when the dollar has been weakening. Confluence Investment Management has been saying for some time, for a variety of reasons, that a decline in the dollar is more likely than not. Basically, how does a falling dollar benefit foreign economies? Well, the flip side of a depreciating dollar is the appreciation of foreign currencies. So just translating foreign company earnings into dollars makes those earnings look more impressive. There are also broader economic benefits to foreign countries when the dollar weakens. For example, many commodities are priced in dollars. So when the dollar weakens, global commodity prices may strengthen. Many major commodity producers are based overseas, and they're likely to benefit from stronger pricing as the dollar falls. Looking at Japan in particular, Patrick, wouldn't a falling dollar and a rising yen have a negative effect on Japanese exports? Yes, a strengthening yen can have a negative impact on Japanese exports, but that's not the whole story. For example, a stronger yen means Japanese companies can see lower costs for imported raw materials and components. How has Japan's stock market performed recently? Well, since the middle of 2020, Japan's stock market has been performing very well. In fact, the total return on Japanese stocks over the last six months has been about 17.3% in dollar terms. That's almost double the total return on U.S. stocks over the same period. How does this recent performance compare with a longer-term measure of Japanese stocks? The notable thing is that the recent Japanese returns have been far better than we've seen over the decades since the 1980s. From that period until now, the average annual return on Japanese stocks has been in the low single digits. So the recent outperformance is really quite notable. Patrick, what exactly happened in the 1980s that inflicted such long-lasting economic pain in Japan? Well, during the 1980s, Japan went through a massive asset bubble, which burst at the end of that decade. Therefore, Japan in the 1990s and the early 2000s was saddled by excess capacity, low asset values, anemic bank lending, and a host of other problems. Our analysis suggests that Japan finally completed the process of adjusting and dealing with those problems around 2010, and now investment is growing again although other economic issues are coming to the fore. The question right now is, will Japan's recent growth continue? What are the arguments in favor? 
Well, Japan's a big, rich, highly innovative country, and it's plenty competitive in international trade. Indeed, it, it has deepened its trade and investment relationship with China over the last couple of decades, even as it remains a strong trade partner for the U.S. It's also benefiting from its rebound in investment, the global economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic, improved corporate governance, and the stimulative fiscal and monetary monetary policies in Japan. All those things are positive and help explain the stock market's recent strong performance. What are the arguments against a continuation of Japanese growth? The main thing that has me concerned is that the evidence suggests that the Japanese economy is facing ever stronger headwinds from its poor demographics. Most important, Japan's economic growth is heavily dependent on rising consumption spending, as most highly developed economies are. But in the face of falling birth rate, population aging, and an outright decline in the number of people living in Japan, consumer spending is growing at a slower and slower pace. That'll likely weigh on economic growth and corporate profits over time. It seems that Japan has always had a problem with stimulating consumer spending, at least for many, many years. How has the Japanese government tried to boost consumer spending, and what has been the result? Well, over the last decade or more, Japan's main economic strategy has been to increase government spending, keep monetary policy extremely loose, and implement some modest regulatory reforms. It's taken steps to bring more people into the workforce to offset some of the demographic problems as well. These measures have produced some successes. They've probably helped bring about the rebound in corporate investment, for instance. However, other steps have hurt consumer spending, especially the increase in the country's value-added tax, which is a type of sales tax. What are the hurdles that Japan faces in terms of trying to stimulate population growth? We think the root problem is the falling birth rate, but it reflects some other really deep and broad issues as well. Modern civilization itself, by imposing a need for long years of expensive education and offering plenty of non-traditional lifestyles, discourages childbearing, as many other advanced countries around the world are finding out. In addition, there may be some cultural issues, like Japan's reluctance to open itself to increased immigration. In other words, it's unlikely that Japan can reverse its demographic challenges anytime soon. The Japanese economy, corporate profits, and the stock market are likely to face continuing headwinds out into the future, even though the stock market may be enjoying a short-term cyclical rebound right now. Patrick, doesn't China face the same demographic challenges that are already apparent in Japan? Uh, yes, it does, in large part because of the past policy of limiting couples to just one child. That, po that policy was reversed a few years ago, and now couples are officially allowed to have two children. But as the economy modernizes and people migrate to the cities, relatively few couples are seizing the opportunity. That's already holding down Chinese population growth and is expected to reduce the Chinese workforce and increase the average age of the country over time. Stepping back a moment, looking, looking at it from a global perspective, it used to be that population growth was a problem to be solved. Now, it suddenly is a goal to be ardently desired. What changed? 
Well, you're right. If you're of a certain age, you remember the concerns about the population bomb that people talked about so much back in the 1970s and 1980s. And the global population really was growing fast back then. That was largely because modern science and society had found ways to reduce death rates. No one realized that birth rates would ultimately fall as well. Now, demographers expect birth rates to keep declining in future decades to the point where the world's population stops growing sometime in the next century. Weighing all the pros and cons, Patrick, what is your conclusion then about the advisability of an investment right now in Japan? Well, our message is that it may be reasonable to invest in Japan right now, given what appears to be a cyclical rebound driven by factors like the global recovery from the coronavirus pandemic and investors shift in favor of the value stocks that dominate Japan's market. Japan has also recently implemented some improvements in its corporate governance rules. But if you're going to take a position in Japanese equities, you may not want to get too comfortable. The evidence presented here is saying that the country's overall demographic challenges and headwinds are likely to reassert themselves at some point, making it hard to expect good returns over an extended period. Patrick, I was uh, curious, did the resignation of the Japanese prime minister last year result in any significant reassessment of Japan as an investment destination? Actually, I don't think so. Since the new prime minister served as former Prime Minister Abe's right-hand man and has pledged to continue Abe's policies, generally it looks like that's exactly what he's doing. Policy continuity can be a good thing. On the other hand, neither administration has produced a set of policies that might reverse Japan's demographic challenges, so we still think Japan will face significant growth constraints going forward. Finally, uh, drilling down on potential investments, how might one uh, approach an investment in Japan? A, a broad market index, or are there sectors which are favored? Well, as I mentioned a few moments ago, one thing that's helping Japanese stocks right now is that the market is pretty heavily weighted toward value stocks like industrials and financials. The Japanese stock market is also big enough and developed enough that it supports lots of smaller companies. That's put Japan in a good position to take advantage as global investors reposition their portfolios out of large cap growth stocks, especially technology, and toward value equities and small caps. That means it can be reasonable to invest in either a broad Japanese index or in individual stocks in value sectors. To reiterate, however, we still think investing in Japan right now is best considered to be relatively short-term, more as a cyclical opportunity. Over the longer term, we're concerned that Japan's demographic headwinds will limit Japanese profit growth and weigh on stock returns over the long term. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. And this information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.